radical left has taken over the Democratic Party. Hello and welcome to Think Progressively, covering politics and all the other chaos life has to offer. This is episode 42, recorded on Friday, June 25th from Milwaukee. I'm Joe. And I'm Jason. And on today's episode, we'll be talking about the new infrastructure deal, voting rights, and so much more. So let's get started. Woo! The fact is that everything he's saying so far is simply a lie. I'm not here to call out his lies. Everybody knows he's a liar. Let's start off with the For the People Act. Let's do it. Uh, I, it passed. <laughs> sure. Fine. Democracy is saved. We did it, everybody. So when the news came out on Tuesday, I believe it was, Tuesday night, yes, that they were going to hold a session and actually have Vice President Kamala Harris presiding over the Senate, which she doesn't normally do unless they expect to need her tie-breaking vote. There was a lot of excitement. They knew that the Republicans weren't going to vote for this bill. So what could they need her for? Right. Are are we going to get rid of the filibuster? That was the the excitement everybody talking about. Are well, we going to have was, reform? What's this was the on? big vote that Joe mentioned that he could find 10 positive Republicans that would care more about their country than partisan issues. This is the vote that he tried to get his billionaire donors to bribe Republican senators. And how'd that go? Uh, Not so well. Oh, okay. Can you tell me bipartisanship didn't work? (laughs) In a 50-50 split, no Republicans voted to protect voting rights federally. I'm shocked. Uh, And they, of course, invoked the filibuster, which meant that there would be no debate, no discussion, no actual voting on the bill. And it was completely useless for the vice president to even be there. Hooray. Apparently, we didn't see that coming. Well, and I want to make this very clear, even though this is our headline story or headline headline, whatever, this was expected to happen. Like, this is not a surprise to anybody here. At least I hope it's not a surprise to anybody here. (laughs) There was no, the Republicans are actively creating legislation that this bill would help get rid of yes all throughout the country why in the world would they vote for this well that's kind of the big thing right now too where and we don't have this on our docket because it just came out but we just saw an announcement today that the department of justice and merrick garland announced that they're suing georgia for their voter rights bills which we talked about in previous episodes so why would they vote against their own state party's voter or like voter suppression bills be be clear it's not their state parties that are actually pushing this legislation that's true you're right i'm sorry heritage foundation and all of the other conservative think tanks that write the legislation and then they just give it to the state legislators although i do have a nice statement from our own senator ron johnson and maybe we can understand the nuanced position where he's coming from you ready the for the people act is another orwellian named bill that has nothing to do with voting rights but everything to do with consolidating democratic control over government and our lives republicans want to restore confidence in our elections by making it easy to vote but hard to cheat. It seems like Democrats primarily want to make it easier to cheat. Why else would they propose eliminating voter ID laws, require ballot harvesting and drop boxes, make the FEC a partisan agency, and make it harder to maintain accurate voter files? They would also force taxpayers to help fund the campaigns of candidates they oppose. An accurate name for this monstrosity would be the Four Democrat Politicians Act. Let's break down. Let's do it. Make it. You're an idiot. Done. (laughs) Moving on. Make it easy to vote, but hard to cheat. Is that what making it really inconvenient for people to vote means? Well, and this is still going off the same nonsense argument that there were all these crazy irregularities in this election, which Which there weren't. There was not at all. No. So again, 
more conspiracy theory driving by our own state senator. I mean, well, go point by point that he made. Okay. Why would they propose eliminating voter ID laws? Because it significantly impacts the poor and minorities. And I think this is, out of everything that's been proposed, that's probably the least likely to ever go into effect, is getting rid of voter ID laws. I There's just too much support for it. Right. But yes, like I said, I was someone who was like, yeah, why wouldn't you? Well, because it seems like a very common sense thing to do. Right. It's only until you actually think about putting yourself in the position of somebody who does not have anything and, you know, probably hasn't had a valid ID in a long time and all of the hoops that they would have to go through in order to get a valid ID, particularly people that were previously incarcerated. But it's not even just that. It's the amounts of data that we have now showing that voter ID laws don't really do anything when it comes to stopping cheating. Right. There's no, it's a, it's a solution in search of a problem. Right. There was never any issue with people voting illegally by not having IDs. Correct. It's, it's we have checks and balances already in that system. Yeah. It's something that's put in place specifically to make it more inconvenient and dissuade people from wanting to vote. All right, so we have that. Require ballot harvesting and drop boxes. I don't believe they're they're not forcing you to use those. They're saying that they have to be available. So that's what he means by require. He doesn't mean you have to let someone come to your house and collect your ballot, which is what ballot harvesting is, Mm -hmm. is just people that are authorized to pick up ballots, usually from people that are stuck inside their homes and don't have the opportunity to go to a polling place. In some states, this is perfectly legal. In some states, it's illegal. Well, and I'm even okay with debating the nuances of this particular, of the ballot harvesting thing, Mm because we've talked about stories before where churches would try to do this, and then there would be coercion with those ballot harvesting stations. Sure, like, just sit down and fill it out with you, that sort of thing. So I, I would say there are nuances to this thing here. But again, in some areas, it's perfectly legal. Yes. So what about the are those states? They're, that's just the Wild West. They can do whatever. they. Again, there's no evidence that there is any fraud happening due to these things. Correct. But more specifically, though, is I'm really pissed off at the fact that he just equated like ballot harvesting and then just drop boxes and then just like lump those two as like they're the same thing together. That makes me really angry. And drop boxes, I used the drop box to vote in this last election. In my case, it was outside of City Hall. It's the same place that I would go to drop off my tax payments. Yes. And yeah, it's fairly secure. I'm not worried about anybody breaking into it and then what stealing my vote they're not going to be able to change it no so it's really again just stupidity and making it harder for people to vote no you have to stand in line on the day of the election wait for 10 hours because that's inconvenient and that's what they want and this legislation is also fight against all the policies like we see in georgia where they're actually trying to limit the availability of these drop boxes and what I mean by that is like saying that the drop boxes can only be available as however long the actual state building is open. So if it's only open during business hours, which they can already take stuff for, that's when they can drop off the actual ballots, which makes absolutely no sense if someone needs to go in like after work hours to drop off their ballot to vote. So that's what the For the People Act is trying to fight. And Ron Johnson says that's a bad thing, which is insane. So, okay, then what about the FEC stuff that he's talking about? The FEC is going to be a partisan agency now. What does that even mean? So currently the Federal Election Commission 
most reasonable people agree basically does nothing. Uh, We have a quote here from Trevor Potter, who is a former Republican-appointed chairman of the agency, uh, and he said the FEC is in dire need of reform. So this is somebody who is a Republican, who is the chairman of the agency, and while talking to Congress, told them that it's an agency that needs change, that needs Well, because it doesn't do anything. One of the, the big proposed changes is to change the panel from being evenly divided to a 3-2 split. So just like the Supreme Court, they want to get rid of any kind of stalemate, any ties that basically just mean nothing ever changes. Right. And have more power to the chairman who is appointed by the president, just like Trevor Potter was appointed by a Republican president. Which is a good thing, right? We keep saying it. Elections have consequences. So you're telling me, literally, by Johnson's logic, he's already saying that the Supreme Court is a partisan agency. Correct. Okay. Just want to make that very clear for anyone down the line. So they, of course, don't want these changes because you know conservatism means conserving everything. Just stopping progress in any right. given way possible. So literally, this is just what it should be from the get-go, and we're just fixing that now. And finally, Ron Johnson claims that it'll make it harder to maintain accurate voter files. Which this is the recent policy by Republicans to purge voter registration rolls as often as they possibly can. Again, just making it more inconvenient to vote. In a lot of states, you cannot register the day of the election. Which is also idiotic. So if you are one of the people that gets removed from these voter registration files, which we talked about in Ohio when they audited, they found out like 30% of the names they were going to remove were in error and were basically going to disenfranchise a lot of people. So if you get removed, you don't know about it, you go to vote on the day of the election. Because again, they're doing everything to make it impossible to vote early. And tough luck. And yeah, you can't. I'm sorry, you're not registered. They give you a provisional ballot, which then the partisan poll watchers will probably try to throw out. And, you know, any provisional ballot that's in any kind of dispute or for a candidate they don't like. And then you can't vote. That is the definition of disenfranchisement. Why do we need to remove everyone from voter registration rolls all the time? It's ridiculous. There's no reason for it. Again, if we could show that there was all this fraud happening and people were literally going down these lists and trying to find people who they don't think are voting anymore but are still registered and voting in their name, then fine, you would have an argument for it. But we don't see that. Does not happen. And again, it is just a way to make it more difficult for people to vote if you're not constantly checking your registration before every election, which who does that except crazy people like us, you won't know and you will lose your ability to vote, which is the most fundamental right we have as Americans. People have fought and died, different groups, over the years except for, you know, us, we were always, uh, <laughs> we were always in the majority there. We never had to fight for our rights to vote, but women have to had to fight for their right to vote. Every minority group has had to fight for their right to vote. It's very important and should be held very sacred. And you should never take someone's ability to vote away from them unnecessarily. That's one of the big things when we talk about prison reform and 
why, if you commit a felony, should you never be allowed to vote again? It makes no sense. You're still a human being. You're still a citizen of the country. Why take that right away? Yep. So what's next? So hopefully this is not the end of the bill. Part of the tweaks that they did in order to get Joe Manchin to vote for it was to allow him to propose his version Mm -hmm. of this bill, which of course he didn't even get to do because they didn't even get to the debate part because of the stupid filibuster. So like we've been saying for what, months now? It's basically down to the filibuster again. Yes. So this is the biggest example that the Democrats have to say we need filibuster at least reform, if not repeal. Right, because bipartisanship is not an option because they're not willing to do anything. It's just they don't care what kind of changes, what kind of proposals, how much you give. They do not want federal election reform, even though it's desperately needed, even though we didn't even get Lisa Murkowski on this, who said that she was in favor of some voting rights um, reform and changes. She said that she wanted the John Lewis Voting Rights Act to pass, and even though this is a little bit more than that, she didn't even vote for this. Are you kidding me? The, we can't be Lisa Murkowski on this thing? Or Susan Collins. Zero Republican support because, again, they're the ones that are making it necessary for this type of legislation in every state in the country. So you're not going to get anything from them. They're not interested in protecting voting rights. They're interested in destroying voting rights. That's their agenda. Mm -hmm. So it's very important next year that you, one, check ahead of the election to make sure you are still registered to vote. Get registered to vote if you're not already. Make sure you check that you're going at the right time, at the right place. Get everything verified and vote for people that will protect your voting rights and maybe call your senators and representatives and tell them that you're for getting rid of the filibuster that you want legislation to actually have a chance of passing actually have our government do something let's move on you have uh, an interesting story here about a school district meeting in virginia i do a school board meeting in loudon county virginia went a little bit off the rails last week because crazy people stormed it with crazy nonsense started chanting started fights that led to one person getting arrested one person getting a ticket and one person getting injured you want to guess what the meeting was about jason i'll pretend like i didn't read this story uh, but i would 100 percent say critical race theory Bing, ding, ding, ding. It is critical race here. And, and being transgender people with respect. Yeah. And actually using the pronouns that people prefer, which is, of course, tyranny. Videos went viral last week showing crowds of people flooding the room where they would not stop chanting. And I don't know if you saw this, Jason, but they were actually singing the national anthem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I did. I did see that. And they were flipping off the school board. Yep. So much so that they actually had to stop the meeting in the middle of a public commentary, leaving many other parents unable to actually voice their opinions. So from what I saw, what happened was during the public comment section, people who were speaking were being cheered and or booed. Yes. uh, Which is against their rules at the school board meetings. They asked people to stop. It just riled them up, and then it began the chants and the the rowdy behavior, and they ended the public comment section because of that, and then told everyone to leave, and then kind of descended into anarchy from there. But again, like this is just more evidence about the real damage that 
the anti-intellectualist movement is really pushing onto like general people who are trying to live their lives. This is 100% just people who watch right-wing propaganda and take it as 100% true and accurate. And that critical race theory is going to teach their children that they're evil because they're white and that they don't deserve to have anything, and that they should feel bad, and that all of the boys are going to say that they're girls so that they can go into the women's locker rooms. Are we still on that? Apparently we are. Uh, Stereotypically, the gym teacher stood up, or a gym teacher at one of the schools... Oh, that one made me angry. uh, ...stood up and proclaimed that he would not use proper pronouns when addressing his students. I believe he should have been fired uh, And why? why would he not do that, Jason? Because, again, he's probably a stereotypical, unfortunate... Oh, no, he specifically said uh, why. Okay, go ahead. You want to okay, guess why he won't do it? Because there are only two genders, men and women, and that's the way Jesus made them. Bingo! It goes against his religious beliefs. Yeah, how do I accurately guess that with no... That part I did not read, and... uh yeah, it wasn't difficult. So, and I just want to read. We already know about the whole critical race theory nonsense, and we I don't want to go through all that again. But I do want to. And read, we're going to get into that a little bit more. We in just will. A second. I know, but I do want to take a moment and go over like this policy for transgender students to show how unreasonable that crowd is based on this policy. And for the record, usually it's kind of like relates where we are. It's usually the other way around where we see the school board acting really stupid. It's kind of nice to see a school board acting sanely for once, even though the parents are now the ones who are stupid. So here's the policy. Staff should allow transgender and gender expansive students to, quote, use their chosen name and gender pronouns that reflect their consistently asserted gender identity. Staff should use students' names and pronouns and staff or students who intentionally and persistently refuse to respect a student's gender identity by using the wrong name and gender pronouns are in violation of this policy. And there was one term in there which I think is important, consistently expressed. So not, oh, I feel like a girl today, you know, like everyone always uses... Hi, my name's Michael today. Yeah. Yeah, call me Michael now. So there, I mean, then that just shows the kind of bullying and abuse that real transgender students are up against, because that's the caricature of what being transgender is. Thank you, South Park, for being jackasses. Uh, on your your transgender episode because that's all they did is play into that exact stereotype but that's what people think oh you you just are doing that for some advantage or some goal when it's like no that that's what they're saying they really are experiencing and you're just being a bully and a bigot by not recognizing that what else we got Staff should allow transgender and gender expansive students to participate in interscholastic co-curricular and extracurricular activities in a manner consistent with the student's gender identity. Can't let them play sports. Can't let them play sports. Well, I mean, this is saying let them play sports. Right. Well, the parents, though, that's why they are so upset. All right. So there's that one. Number three, students should be allowed to use the restrooms and locker rooms that correspond to their consistently asserted gender identity. Staff should take steps to designate gender-inclusive or single-user restrooms commensurate with the size of the school. Reasonable. Yeah. Number four. There's five. All school mental health professionals shall complete training on topics relating to LGBTQ plus students. 
including procedures for preventing and responding to bullying, harassment, and discrimination based on gender identity slash expression. I think that gym teacher should- To deal with his freaking crazy parents. That gym teacher should have to take that class like a dozen times. Literally. And then still get fired. So according to this policy, these mental health professionals need to be ready to help students deal with bullying from people like their own fired teacher. And the parents of the other students. And then finally, the superintendent is authorized to develop implementing regulations and school procedures to ensure consistency in practices, which just means they can keep adding stuff based on the scenarios that need it. That's it, man. That's literally I it. I pledge allegiance to the flag. <laughs> or whatever that that's the pledge of, they are doing. The- we will not be silenced. We will not be silenced. Shame on you. Yeah. Shame on you. It and it if you watch the videos, it's insane. Maybe they should have the kids at the meetings instead. It would be much more well behaved. It was crazy. Yeah, I don't want to hear anyone, even though I know that we shouldn't be using like a white paintbrush to talk about like the right or the left. I don't want to hear anyone talking about how the left's full of snowflakes ever. And they get whipped up. Like we said, this is conservative media's fault. But this, And this is also normal. This is normal behavior. We see this stuff all the time, whether it's helping out transgender people, whether it's we see it in Wisconsin with critical race theory. We saw that in a couple of school meetings here before. We and saw- these are people that wouldn't know what critical race theory is. Correct. On their own and really still don't. But they just repeat what they hear from right wing media. But these are also the same people where we had several instances where teachers would have them teach about Islam and they'd freak out about it and like flood the school board meeting saying that they need to teach people about Jesus instead. Wasn't there just recently uproar about someone saying under Allah? Oh, yeah. The students yeah. um valedictorian speech. Yeah. And people freaked out. Yeah. And it's like, well, that's what you wanted. You want religious freedom, right? There it is. That's what it looks no. like. These people are snowflakes, and that's all it is. And they're hypocrites. Let's move on to someone who doesn't just repeat what they hear on yeah, right-wing media I love when this talking ha- about critical race theory. I love this story. The chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, which makes him the top military official in the United States, General Mark Milley, not to be confused with General Mills, the cereal manufacturer. As everyone would. <laughs> during a session in front of Congress, was asked about the military being too woke and their diversity training and how they how he feels about critical race theory. And I want to like clarify here. Literally, he was asked if they were too woke, like verbatim. And this is because our favorite sexual predator currently in Congress, Matt Gates, was the one to question him about the practices and the woke infiltration of our military. But Millie said in response, and in amazing fashion, if you haven't already seen the video, you should. It's only like two minutes long. I want to understand white rage, and I'm white. What is it that caused thousands of people to assault this building and try to overturn the Constitution of the United States of America? What caused that? I want to find that out. I want to maintain an open mind here, and I do want to understand that. I do think it's important, actually, for those of us in uniform to be open-minded and be widely read. And the United States Military Academy is a university. He went on to say, I've read Mao Zedong, I've read Karl Marx, I've read Lenin. That doesn't make me a communist. So what is wrong with some situational understanding of the country for which we are personally here to defend? And I personally find it offensive that we are accusing the United States military, our general officers, our commissioned or non-commissioned officers, of being, quote, woke or something else because we're studying the same theories that are out there did you see matt gates's reaction he just shook his head he looked like a he looked like a little baby <laughs> like, like this no, isn't the answer that this I isn't how it's supposed to go man oh, i don't like this at all and even though saying he really 
didn't understand critical race theory and needed to do some more reading and some more work to understand it. He did do a pretty good job of summarizing it. He said that, quote, it was started in Harvard Law School years ago, and it proposed that there were laws in the United States, antebellum laws prior to the Civil War, that led to a power differential with African Americans. He said they were three quarters of a human being. Well, give him, he meant three fifths. He's not a math scholar. When this country was formed. And then we had a Civil War and Emancipation Proclamation to change it. And we brought it up to the Civil Rights Act in 1964. It took another hundred years to change that. So, I mean, it's not perfect, but it's a pretty good understanding. Well, he has like a sincere curiosity about it. He's not some closed off crazy person that just screams critical race theory all day long. Yeah, he didn't just puppet the right wing conspiracy, even though Fox News is far and away the most popular news source for members of the military. Well, and I love the way that you framed it, which is just, this is about education. All we are is just learning about the literature that's out there. And he is a Princeton graduate, so that's an Ivy League school. He's not just somebody who all of his education came through the military. Somebody who is, as he says, widely read and educated and Cares about knowledge and learning and understanding. And that's what it looks like. That's what a response of someone who actually does understand the literature and has done some research into it. Well, I was going to say, it's not even the fact that he understands it. It's the fact that he wants to understand and he wants to learn. And that's it. And that's all we're asking people to do. And like he says, just because you read something doesn't mean you have to be that thing. All they're asking you to do is just understand what it is. That's just step one. And most Republicans can't even do that. No, they do just get their talking points from right-wing media. Which just literally make it up. You know, right-wing media, they're supposed to be the big proponents of the military. They love the military. They'll salute the troops, salute the flag. Well, I don't want some damn pussified military trying to defend our country. So how did Fox News respond to this hearing? Like, they obviously didn't get the answer that they wanted. Oh, yeah. I want out to, of this. So these are I'm the curious. big military supporters. What did they say? So let's start with Tucker Carlson. Uh, his quote uh, upon playing this video on his show was, Hard to believe that man wears a uniform. He's that unimpressive. <laughs> he's not just a pig. He's stupid. What? <laughs> So here you go, wow. lover of the military, Tucker Carlson, Wow! when they say something he doesn't agree with, if he could have beat him to death with a fire extinguisher, he probably would have tried to do that. He's not just a pig. Wow. And Laura Ingraham suddenly got woke and called for defunding the military. Oh, really? All right. Her quote. The fact is, Milley has made his choice, and he's chosen to indulge the radical whims of Democrats. Democrats? He'll do everything they tell him as long as they keep the military-industrial complex flush with cash. But that's your thing! Based. What? What? Oh, God. It's like they can literally just say whatever whatever they want. It doesn't matter. (laughs) Yeah. I would say it's bipartisan to just pump money into the military-industrial complex. It's really only the far left-wing and libertarians because they don't want to pay the taxes to, to go to the military. But as far as like, hey, we should stop putting so much money in the military, it's definitely not a conservative idea. But this just goes to show that there is no worldview. There is no basis or foundation 
for how this worldview for a conservative is actually made. It's just literally reacting to opposite of whatever else Democrats or people they don't like are. That's it. It doesn't matter about being consistent. It doesn't matter about being logical or well-read like Millie over here. It's literally just about saying screw off to someone I don't like. She went on to say, Oh God, we are sending our tax dollars to this military in an attempt to weed out so-called extremists. I mean, yeah, that's kind of your big thing. Which just means conservative evangelicals as far as I can tell. Again, you talk about radical Islamic terror for decades. Are you serious? And, you know, the FBI, the people that would know, say that the biggest terrorist threat in the United States are right-wing extremists. (laughs) Are exactly these same people. So, yes. We should root them out of our military. Uh, Who stormed the Capitol again? <laughs> uh, it was Antifa, Joe. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She asks, why is Congress not saying we're not going to give is double negative? What is happening? Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> why is Congress not saying we're not going to give you a penny until all of this is eradicated from the military budget? Nothing. This is my offer to you. Nothing. She sounds like Willow, Willy Wonka at the end of uh, You get nothing, show. sir. Nothing. <laughs> a good you, day. You broke the rules. <laughs> That's what I would say. I am totally outraged by him. Well, big surprise. And his ridiculous response today. Well, you know what, Laura? I agree. Yeah, let's and, defund the until, military, Laura. We're until on the they page. get rid of the critical race theory or any teaching of systemic racism in the military, I say we defund it. Yep. 100%. Let's just go all the way. No more new dollars. We'll spend that money elsewhere. Stop giving trillions of dollars to defense contractors. I, I, I agree with you, Laura. Let's do it. And since they'll never get rid of it, we'll never fund the military again. So oh, that's crazy. Just goes to show they love the military unless they say something they don't like. Just like they loved the police until they try to prevent them from murdering all of Congress and the vice president. Well, and this isn't even like a crazy thing that Millie said. That's know. that's the most insane part about this whole thing where you hear these crazy reactions from Carlson and Ingram. From what? General Milley's response was one of the most like tempered things I've seen on this subject yet. He did more work to teach people what critical race theory In actually two minutes, is. Two minutes. Than they've been able to do after harping on it for months. And that's what they don't like. You said the truth about critical race theory. It's my job to lie about it. How so that's dare you? why they're upset. Koch brothers are not going to be happy about this, Joe. <laughs> I'm in an infinite logic loop. I can't get out. Help, help, help. I'm a Fox News anchor. I get paid millions. I have to hate critical race theory. I have to love the military. Somebody ah! from the military said that they like critical race theory, or at least they want to understand what it is. It does not compute. It's like just in an episode of The Twilight Zone. Imagine a world where the military cares about racism. Ah! Let's talk about some good news, Jason. I got a couple of good news pieces for you. Ready? Yep. Number one, Rudy Giuliani has become suspended from practicing law in New York. How do you go from being the attorney general to having your law license suspended in the same state? I know that answer. (laughs) By being Rudy Giuliani. (laughs) That is truly remarkable. I wonder if that is the first time that a attorney general has ever lost their license. Yeah. Ridiculous. Well, because not every attorney general goes freaking crazy on a conspiracy. Prompted by the president. (laughs) So the reasoning behind his suspension, according to the brief that I read, said that it was for spreading lies and misinformation about the presidential election in 2020. Well, I have some quotes here. So according to the court filing, 
These false statements were made to improperly bolster respondents' narrative that due to widespread voter fraud, victory in the 2020 United States presidential election was stolen from his client. We conclude that the respondent's conduct immediately threatens the public interest and warrants interim suspension from the practice of law, pending further proceedings before the Attorney Grievance Committee. Turns out, as a barred attorney, lying is not exactly something that will be tolerated. And trying to literally overturn an election is also considered bad (laughs) in most circles. And his defense was that he didn't directly cause the January 6th riot. That was indirectly caused it. And they basically said, we don't care. You still spread lies and misinformation, which is not conduct that they will permit. So, and right before the recording, Jason, you showed me a video from Andrew Giuliani, which is his son. Howdy doody, all grown up. And it's one of the craziest little rants. I just can't stop looking at his emphasis tiny. On, yeah, as an emphasis on little <laughs> at the bottom of the screen. He does not know how to set up a camera. Literally, it just is like his neck up and then just a ton of parking. And he keeps getting closer to the camera. Which just makes him look so much smaller. I can barely see you as it is. He looks like he's like three foot six. It's ridiculous. And it's very distracting. Hello, my fellow American patriots. (laughs) This is an outrage. The Democrats are coming for us. Yeah, his, his whole point was that it was all a Democrat plot and that All of the judges that made this decision were all Democrats, even though judges are generally not a partisan position. You can say conservative or liberal. It's not generally accurate to call them members of a specific political party, but it's a Giuliani. So (laughs) if he learned law from his dad, he doesn't really know that much. But he knows cybersecurity really well. And you forgot to mention that he is a candidate for governor in New York. Does he have a chance? Of course not. (laughs) So that's one piece of good news. In more good news, we received the official verdict of the Derek Chauvin trial. Handed down today, Derek Chauvin will receive a 22 and a half year sentence for George Floyd's murder. And this is the state trial. He still does face federal trial. Yep. So it can be, even though it's 22 and a half years, that kind of puts it on the edge of if he would uh, make it out of jail at any point. I'll tell you, being a police officer, he would be in protective custody in jail, which means isolation, pretty much. I, I imagine the prison guards would probably be fairly nice to him. They probably usually are with cops because a lot of them, that's their dream job that they want to do. So they generally treat police officers mm-hmm. fairly well. But it's got to be rough to be away from general population your entire, especially that long of a sentence. Mm-hmm. And again, depending on how the federal trial goes, that could potentially carry the death penalty. I don't agree with that, but that's a whole other thing. But he could still very well have a much longer sentence coming. He made some strange remarks when addressing George Floyd's family. I'm looking at that right now. What the heck is this? You want to read the quote for us? I want to give my condolences to the Floyd family. There's going to be some other information in the future that would be of interest, and I hope things will give you some peace of mind. What does that mean? It seems like just some optimism and like, you know, to be continued kind of because he's going to, you know, he's going to appeal this sentencing or this verdict for sure. Maybe he thinks that there's some magic evidence that means he didn't kneel on a guy's neck for 10 minutes. I don't know. Whatever. He's going to be gone for a quarter of a century. At least. Woo! And our final piece of good news. See, we have a limit on how much good news we can actually have in one episode, Jason. It's my limit. Like, I 
I don't like talking about good news usually. Right. The House of Representatives passed two bills on Thursday to promote credit fairness for the LGBT-owned businesses and to ensure that veterans can access contraceptive health care without co-pays. I'm, I'm, I'm good with that. I'm very happy with that. However, of course, Republicans have largely opposed both bills because they're assholes. Oh. Just goes to show how strong the evangelical cult stranglehold over the GOP is right now. Well, it is. I mean, that would be the only logical reason why you would vote against contraceptive access. Well, and you're kind of looking at it right now. So you want to explain a little bit about what the contraceptive access is actually doing? So the measure for contraceptives would allow veterans receiving health care through the Department of Veterans Affairs, the VA hospitals, to receive contraception at no cost, bringing them online with health care services offered through the Department of Defense and private insurance plans. Yeah, seems so, to make sense to me. Yeah, the only reason you would be against that is if you think it makes baby Jesus cry. Well, and they literally do, and that's the problem, because the majority of conservatives, including Margie Taylor Green, were quoted saying that Contraception leads to abortion, and that's why they disapprove of the drugs. If only God would have had a condom when he raped Mary, it would have saved us all a lot of trouble. I, that was not consensual, and, and, was well, it? Well, and I want to make something very she clear, She was underage, too, like, Joe. That's, that's rape. Even though I'm sure all our listeners know, like, contraceptive drugs do not induce abortions. Like, that's the big thing. So the fact that half of our legislature doesn't understand that or they're just lying about that is horrifying. Women can be on birth control for medical reasons, which I know personally. It doesn't have anything to do with contraception, but it is helpful in some medical situations. And it's none of anybody's business anyway. So, yeah, the government shouldn't deny that for religious reasons that who cares? Obviously, I'm against religion as a whole right but i can't block somebody else from believing what they want to believe or mm -hmm. going to church and i don't care that they do i can feel like it's a complete waste of time and in a lot of cases your entire life but you don't want the government to stop them from doing right. so i don't care you know you want to go do that all day that's fine with me it doesn't bother me any and it shouldn't bother somebody else if you don't want to have a child right now particularly republicans also rail against the idea of having pregnant women in the military well they should be able to get contraception then yeah. right and of course these two bills are not going to pass in the senate because you guessed it we saw the filibuster and the republican senators are still not going to do anything like this because i'm sure they're just as crazy as the house is lindsey graham is definitely not going to support this bill <laughs> that's all our good news we have no more good news that's it and mitch mcconnell doesn't care about contraception because who's going to have sex with him it's all going downhill from here <laughs> this is highbrow stuff <laughs> i don't know what you're talking about in a follow-up to a previous episode where we told you about hospital workers in houston that were striking over the mandate to be vaccinated you mean the freedom fighters <laughs> See, it's all about perspective fighting against the tyranny of adequate health care well freedom, america just this week ronald reagan 153 hospital workers were either quit or were fired because they refused to get covid vaccine the hospital system had required employees to complete their immunization by June 7th. That's when we had all of the strikes and protests. After that, 178 employees were suspended for two weeks without pay for not complying. So a very small number of them decided to go ahead and become vaccinated. Only 25. That's really disheartening. And earlier this month, a federal judge threw out a lawsuit filed by 117 of those employees over the requirements. It was June 12th, 
U.S. District Judge Lynn Hughes of Houston deemed that lead plaintiff and the person we talked about last time, Jennifer Jennifer Bridges, contention that the vaccines are experimental and dangerous to be false and otherwise irrelevant. Oh, really? Yeah. Surprise, surprise. Experimental and dangerous. Only been given out to like half a billion people. Screw you, Jennifer. He also found that her likening of the vaccination requirement to the Nazis' forced (laughs) medical experimentation on concentration camp captives during the Holocaust to be reprehensible. Yeah, I'd agree. I wonder what he thinks about Marjorie Taylor Greene. So, what do you think? We said that they should all be fired, and they were all fired, or quit in protest. Well, I mean, they're, yeah, forced to resign. Good. Go find employment elsewhere. I don't want you in any hospital. No, you should not be if, giving medical care to yeah, anyone. If, or I want, and you could be well, intention, uh, like, it's not even about just giving medical, affecting them. I don't want you getting, being around sick people. So, right. like, they not they may not even be the people who give the medical care. I just don't want them even around in the area. Take your stupid ass somewhere else. I don't care. Like, get out of here. You're done. Go away. I'm sure it's no skin off the hospitals, you know, either. I'm sure they're happy to have the crazies out of their hospital. Yeah, what advice are they giving their patients? Right. We said that last time. Like, what kind of nonsense are they pushing? Oh, I see you're not responding to the treatment we're giving. I've got these crystals that you could take a look at because they clearly don't believe in medical science if they think the vaccines are experimental or dangerous what does concern me though is that there are that many people so close to so many resources i mean they're literally in a hospital they could go talk to other doctors and i'm i bet you they've been talked to by other doctors about their stance and the fact that they still haven't changed their mind really concerns me not an issue anymore nope See you later. Bye, Felicia. Or Jennifer. Screw you, Jennifer. She's like our new rival or something. I don't know. I hate her. (laughs) (laughs) And we got two more stories for you, both involving religion, before our main story. In our first religious story, American bishops want to deny Joe Biden the Holy Communion. I can say as someone who was raised Catholic, those crackers suck anyway. (laughs) Jesus tastes like cardboard. Last week after contentious debate, the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops voted at a number of 168 to 55 in favor of drafting a formal statement on the meaning of the Eucharist in the life of the church, which would basically include that any Catholic politician would not be able to have or partake in the Eucharist if they are pro-choice. Okay? Any mention of, say, adultery or worshiping false idols? Well, okay, so I, I have a Things lot- that are actually <laughs> commandments- <laughs> I have a lot to say about the story. There there really isn't too much of the story here because all they basically do is just they made the statement from the vote. That's it. They haven't done anything yet. They're just going to make the teaching later on. But first off, I don't want to hear a single piece of ethical advice coming from the Catholic Church telling anybody what to do ever. When you have story after story every freaking week about how we find more and more uncovered sexual predators within the Catholic Church who are being hidden from local officials who are trying to protect young children who are forced into the Catholic Church by probably their parents or whoever it may be. Uh, the Bible doesn't say anything about not molesting children. Oh, you're right. I'm I sorry. mean, we did just talk about uh, Mary being underage and being impregnated by God. So I don't want to hear a single thing. It also doesn't talk about abortion, though. And it actually, the well, actually in the parts positive, that, right? I was saying the parts that do are actually like pro abortion. Yeah, they literally teach you. It's how a to good have- way to test if your partner's been unfaithful. If the baby dies, then it wasn't yours anyway. Yeah. So I don't hear a single thing from the Catholic Church about how to be moral and ethical. Screw off with that. 
Number two. It does say that if you work on the holy day, you get stoned to death, though. They don't They don't seem to care about that. Nah. All those other rules. That doesn't matter. I was really thinking about this story throughout the week, and I just, I had to come to the conclusion of what crazy world do we live in where we have a large group of adults? These are adults who think that taking away a magical wafer who they truly believe, because remember, Catholics believe in transubstantiation, where the wafer literally turns into physical flesh that you eat. What crazy world do we live in where a multitude of adults in this country think that it is an okay punishment or is it is a sane punishment to take away a magic wafer and not let someone partake in their cannibalism ritual? That they stole from the Egyptians anyway. Sure, whatever. <laughs> but that's insane! This is a plausible punishment for pro-choice people in their opinions. And no one's batting an eye at, like, yeah, that's a normal thing to do. Sure, they're Catholic. Who cares? No, this is freaking crazy. Or am I just losing my mind here? I want support, both, Jason. Both, support both me in this. are true. I mean, I hope it leads to people leaving the church. Well, and that's the other thing, too, is that polls do show that a good, it was at least half, if not the majority of Catholics, are pro-choice. Generally, Catholics are thought of as being more progressive, at least in the U.S. theological landscape, more than the evangelicals we were just talking about. Right. Tend to be much more extremist. Uh, Again, being raised Catholic, I was taught that evolution was real and science was correct. And that, you know, the earth was billions of years old. I wasn't lied to as heavily as uh, some other kids that grew up religious were. So you think of it as like being kind of reasonable and a church that goes out of its way to change with the times because that's how it survived for thousands of years. But apparently this is the hill they want to die on. And literally, Jason, I just looked up our next article that we're going to talk about. you get the hill to die on? Just like. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, It's funny. It's fun. I'll support you as much as you support me, jerk. (laughs) (laughs) They really have, you know, the persecution complex. Oh, totally. Climb up on their crosses. (laughs) (laughs) But seriously, Jason, I just looked up the article for our next story. And then in the side news bar, one of the headlines is literally pedophiles, rapists, and murderers. For some Catholics, residential school graves are the last straw. It's not. Come on. This is something that's been going on for a long time now. So the idea that, and again, this is a nothing punishment. All, all over the world, too. Right. <laughs> so this is a nothing punishment. Nothing's going to happen to do this. Biden has refused to comment on it because he doesn't care. It, fine. And he like said, this is just my personal life. I'm not going to talk about it. I'm not going to comment on it, which is, I think, the better thing to do anyway. I know uh, Ted Lieu called them out on it for their hypocrisy, which I thought was really good. But again, I can't get over the fact that how crazy it sounds to have you let women get abortions? Well, no magical cannibal cookie for you. And he honestly right. doesn't have anything to do with it. Uh, it's get... just his stated position. Yeah. He's well, not he... on the Supreme Court, which would ultimately be where this battle is fought. Well, and that's the other thing, too, where Biden has specifically said he's against abortion, but he just doesn't think that the state should legislate a banning of all abortions. Yeah, I personally don't like the idea of abortion. I would like to do anything to prevent getting to that stage. But if that's the decision you made and you made an informed choice, so be it. Right. I would prefer to go back to the whole contraception step first, if we can. You know, that's why it's important for the GOP to stop trying to prevent people from having access to contraception. I'm sure there's a a ton of Catholic GOP members that voted against that bill. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing. They say that they're against abortion. It's baby murder. They hate it. 
but yet they try to do everything they can to create a society where more abortions, legal or illegal, are going to happen Yep, because of their other choices. Not having sex education, not having access to contraception. It's pretty obvious what's going to happen. And we've talked about it before, but those stances are logically inconsistent with each other. But, you know, logical inconsistency and... Religion? Conservatism. Oh, well, that too. <laughs> both together uh, and to go hand in hand. Or, you know, in the Catholic Church's case, big hand and little hand. <laughs> And in our second piece of religion news, this story's crazy. According to Vice News, a priest launched acid attacks on bishops during a hearing into his cocaine use. Now, this is the Greek Orthodox yes. church, so not, unfortunately, not the kind I would, if this was the Catholic church, it would be much oh, bigger. It'd be like the best segue ever. <laughs> but according to the article, 10 people, including seven bishops, were hurt when a Greek Orthodox priest doused them with suspected sulfuric acid, like holy water, during a disciplinary hearing. So basically, Jason, with this story, they found over a gram of cocaine on this guy, and he was facing actual like federal charges as well, but he was also facing discipline from his own um, religious community. He then goes on to buy two two-liter bottles that he bought online of sulfuric acid. This guy knows how to party. And started immediately whip them out and like flaying them all around like they're a like holy water just splashing it everywhere. Unfortunately, there's no video of this, but I would like to see what it looks like for someone to yank out two two liter bottles of acid from underneath their shirt and like open them and then start flinging them around. Like, who are people just standing by while this is happening? Going, like, what is going on? Is he just really thirsty? What's up? That to me is is pretty crazy. I'd like an account of what that looked like inside it's that. It's insane. Hearing. And then at the time of the priest's arrest, he did admit to the possession of the cocaine for personal use and that he frequently clashed with other church members over financial irregularities. Like a true cokehead. Apparently. I'm this is now way worse. <laughs> Like, you were just going to get kicked out of the church and, you know, face some drug charges, which maybe in Greece it's pretty severe, I'm not sure. But it gets better than that, Jason. You ready? It's not like he had crack. Here, he'd be <laughs> back out on the street in a week. According to Jericho, this wasn't even the first issue that the Greek Orthodox Church had, where they had several monks who seized control of monasteries in the Mount Athos region and helped convicted second-in-command of the neo-Nazi group Golden Dawn escape a 14-year-old jail sentence. <laughs> By disappearing while released on bail. So other group members also helped a neo-Nazi escape. And then recently, another monk was recently arrested on charges of possessing child pornography on a church laptop. Well, that happens all the time, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> it, just, it just keeps giving. Yeah, I don't know how to respond to the helped a neo-Nazi guy escape from prison. I'm pretty sure the Greeks were with the Allies during World <laughs> War II, so I'm not sure where that's coming from. It's what? Oh my God! What church is this even? Those Greek Orthodoxies? I don't know. A wacky Greek Orthodox church. Uh. Opa. <laughs> and in our final story tonight, we have a deal. Possibly. Oh. Yeah, I don't. Want, I don't want to bring out the the angelic choir for this one. We possibly have a small piece of a deal. <laughs> in a recent announcement, Biden. Surrounded by a beautiful assortment of five Democratic senators and five Republican senators, announced that they have a deal on recent infrastructure proposals 
that will hopefully have majority support in the Senate. Let's talk about those deals. So the first thing, we'll just talk about what we know about the bill. We haven't seen it. No one's seen it, but it's been reported that the framework will include $579 billion in new spending, which is quite far off. Yes, that's a lot lower. <laughs> off of the, what was it, $2.3 trillion Yep. infrastructure bill originally. So not great. The White House said... $312 billion will go to transportation, $109 billion being invested in roads, bridges, and other major projects, $66 billion in passenger and freight rail, and $49 billion in public transit. Only $15 billion will go towards electric vehicle infrastructure, which would be like charging stations, things like that. Which is significantly lower than what it was. And electric buses and transit, a fraction of what Biden first proposed. Yeah, that's ridiculous. The plan would put $266 billion into non-transportation infrastructure, which includes $73 billion for power, $65 billion for broadband, which seems low. That is low. And $55 billion for water. Which, which also, also seems low. Seems low. God. So this is nowhere near the original oh. bill. So this is a highly compromised bill from what we saw previously. And there's no guarantee that they'll get enough support to get it passed. It would still potentially need 60 votes. Now, it could maybe not be filibustered, which that could be thought of as possibly a strategy from the GOP to make their case that we don't need to reform the filibuster you might not have 60 votes for this bill, but we're not going to filibuster because this is a bipartisan bill. So we'll vote for garbage legislation to show you that you don't need to reform the filibuster and actually pass the legislation that you want to. Mm -hmm. So it's possible that they won't need the 60 votes. If they do need 60 votes, if someone will, like, I don't know, maybe Ron Johnson, who seems to hate spending of any sort. Yep. If he decides he's going to invoke the filibuster, they probably won't. Have, there's no guarantee that they'll have 60 votes. They'll need five other Republicans to vote for this. So if this is so bad, why did Biden push for this? <laughs> so Biden did say that he would not sign this bill, even if it passes, unless it also included a reconciliation bill as well. Which again, there you don't need to beat six, the filibuster. Yeah, you don't need sixty votes. Correct. You don't even need any Republicans at that point. So this this that line of strategy or that line of thinking would say that okay, he compromised heavily on this bill, right? In order to assuage Mansion and Cinema, so that they would agree to vote when it comes time to for reconciliation. And they pass, you know, this bill that doesn't include anything for elder care or child care like they had originally proposed and is less than a quarter of the original proposal and that they would still be able to get some or hopefully most of that back during reconciliation because this bill gets all the headlines and oh it's bipartisan and look there's Kristen Cinema and Joe Manchin standing next to Joe Mitt Biden Romney and yeah, and they get to put that on all their campaign ads yeah. and that they would then vote for reconciliation, which generally gets less headlines. That's the the most favorable view, I right. guess, from a pro progressive standpoint. Well, and, and I mean, that's what it is, right? The strategy literally is it's bipartisan now, partisan later. And what could happen is that they try to go through reconciliation 
and Joe Manchin changes his mind, or Kristen Cinema changes her mind. Kristen Cinema. Well, and what infuriates me is that again, we're playing around with this nonsense of oh, let's have a nothing bill so that we can have a chance for a loophole again. I hate that. I hate that so much. I hate that we're playing games with this stupid, broken system instead of actually trying to reform and actually do something with this system. Get rid of the freaking filibuster. Ah! So I think it's still too early to say if this is a good thing or will end up being a bad thing. I'm, I'm generally uh, on the pessimistic side. I was going to say, I, I personally, I don't like. I think we could have gotten so much more out of it. This is ridiculous how much they caved or just to show bipartisan support that first off, we don't even know if they're actually going to support this and we're, we're going to get the votes to do this. That's number one. And like you said, number two, who knows what we're going to get in a reconciliation bill. And I mean, even if we have a reconciliation bill later, we still have to appease Kirsten Cinema and Joe Manchin anyway. So what are we going to get then later? Nothing. I'm not happy. That's it. I'm voting Republican. <laughs> the- That's it. Democrats and Republicans are all the same. There's, there's no difference between them. They none of them have our best interests at heart. Vote Green Party because what was the last one? Howie Howie Mandel. No. <laughs> Howie Howard. Isn't it like, it's another H, wasn't it? Yeah. Hugh Hewitt. <laughs> it's in Hewitt, our old show now. Hewitt and the Bullfish. Yeah, that's the Jimmy Dore strategy, right? Right. No, that honestly, that's a complete nonsense argument. Democrats and Republicans are still not the same, but let's call it out. I'm frustrated with this bill, even though it does show bipartisanship, even though it at least gets something, which is fine i guess but let's not be happy about it let's push by and more so we'll keep you updated as this goes forward with the infrastructure plan something that republicans say they want something that's very popular they say a lot of things man we just talked about how there's no consistent worldview (laughs) (laughs) so uh, this is something that will create jobs will basically go to fixing our roads and bridges and things that have been languishing for a long time because we've pushed the impetus of government spending into helping corporations and keeping rich people rich well and we've just done nothing other than just kick the can down the road for decades that's it we actually had decent bipartisan support in like the 50s and 60s when we built all of the infrastructure to begin with decade every decade after that has been nothing but an attack from republicans over and over and over again to just deregulate and defund everything that we built in the country. And now here we are, shocker, we're reaping the consequences of those decisions. And we're going to keep doing it until we actually do something. Are they going to wait until our highways and bridges collapse like a Florida condominium complex? Ah, did you like that? It's a topical joke. I did. We didn't have that in the headlines, but... We did it! We got through all the headlines! Yay! Yay! That's all we have for this week, and we'll see you in the next episode! Well, we have our very uplifting topic of indigenous schools. Racism is over! You can't see, but I'm, like, posing right now. Why won't Steven Crowder debate Sam Cedar? Thank you for listening. We hope to see you in the next episode. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at ThinkProPod. You can email us at ThinkProPod at gmail.com. And remember, when in doubt, think progressively. And finally, we have that he claims he'll be making it hard. And finally, we have that Ron Johnson. Oh, my God. Actually, I'm just going to do that again. Yeah, go ahead. Um, <laughs> shut up. Good job. You're doing really well today.
and we can't do anything until we get rid of the freaking filibuster. And it's so stupid. And there's Jennifer BS whatever out in Texas who's hate her too. And I hate Kirsten Cinema and I hate Joe Manchin. And who else do I hate? 